Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Safe Triple Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. How you doing? And as always, I am joined by our lovely host right above me. We'll start from my left, which means she's right there. What's up, good people? It's your favorite neighborhood friendly. It's your ugh, it's your favorite friendly neighborhood comic and coffee slinger, the Amalgam Triple, aka Uncanny Triple, aka Bruce Leroy Triple. Show no. Indigenous peoples. Oh, thank you. I forgot my own call. <laughs> Happy Indigenous Peoples Day, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm. I, it's been a long day. I'm tired, but I'm here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And right beside her, we have our other host. She's right there. It's me, your favorite good ghoul gone bad. The spooky of all the tribbles during the spookiest month of all time. Talking about a spooky show that has me in my feels. My jaw still hurts from clenching so much and my stomach is still turning. Uh, So we will talk about all the emotions for this episode. I am excited for it. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, we have joining us fresh from a stint on Thursday night. It is that guy. Man, they already know who I be. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple E Mac. Your Jedi Knight for all the frights, going bumping the night with all the delight. Here at your pleasure. What up? Yes, yes. And thank you to each and every one of you out there watching us on YouTube and on Facebook as we are streaming our weekly review of HBO's fantastic fan- fantasy horror series, Lovecraft Country. We are reviewing episode nine tonight, which was titled Rewind 1921. Written by Misha Green and Jonathan Kidd and Sonia Winton. Directed by Jeffrey uh, Nachmanoff. With Hippolyta at the helm, Letty, Tick, and Montrose travel back to 1921 Tulsa in an effort to save young Diana. That is, in a nutshell, what happened uh, in this episode of Lovecraft Country, but Boy, it was that and so much more. So without any further ado, take it away, our lovely hosts, Ariel and Gabe. Who wants to start? You start, Ariel. <laughs> I feel like I always start. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so this episode, uh, what, I, what I think I liked about it the most, just as far as a... Um, like character interaction standpoint, this is where all the worlds collide. Mm. So we've had, you know, D D's trials, uh, Ruby's trials, Letty and Tick and Montrose, like all of these worlds now coming together. And for the first time, I feel like they're finally telling everybody everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, cause this is like, they are the secret keepingest people I've ever <laughs> met. Um, you know what I mean? If I went to the future, I'd have been like, and I went to the future, and I went to the future. <laughs> it's like, no, nobody's talking about anything. So this was this was an episode where it's like, all right, because Dee's life hangs in the balance, 
all cards on the table. And then we have the final piece of the puzzle. Um, Hippolyta is back from the future. Um, and she's got some very cool upgrades. Yes, she does. So maybe, so, so maybe we can start there because she really does. She makes the episode possible. She's the vehicle by which they're able to go back her arms and all that and I and and it's interesting because again we don't we don't know how long she or we didn't know how long she was on that other earth and so she was there for the equivalent of 200 years their time so it's like so she on some next level you know what I mean like she's on some next level shit she's you can tell like her even though she was like brilliant before her mind is a computer now Mm -hmm. like just the way she's like processing it and it's so I'm like it had to after we left her mm-hmm. like so there's still part of her adventure that we didn't see but we get to see like the cool after effects of it like those those jacks in her arm I was like uh that's hot that was hot yeah that's definitely the motherboard the yes. motherboard link <laughs> so it's just like it's me I love when she told mantras oh, she, he's like where you been she's like I have been 200 years <laughs> like, I have been on Earth 52, and you thought I was a genius before. I have lived lives you couldn't imagine. Now get in the car. He thought he was talking to the old Hippolyta. He ain't know no better. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't know he was talking to the Hippolyta that now, in fact, can knock a motherfucker's head But wait, so wait, I have a funny story, just a quick aside. So the day after we had that, you know, we joked about, you know, all the black women that have ever threatened to knock your head off. Yeah. The very next day, I'm at the post office, old black lady working at the post office, and she said to one of her co-workers, I'm going to knock your head off. Just like that. And I was like, you need to watch this show. You need to watch this episode. Uh, so that, So, yeah, it's just like... And, I mean, and I mean to kind of jump to the end. It's like her transformation into almost Arinthia Blue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Blue. You know, yes, uh, I love. Um, I you know I I I love uh, when her eyes widened over for obvious reasons. Yeah. It was very exciting. It's like she's like transcended. So she's floating in the like jacks in her arm plugged into a computer floating above it Sparks. lightning literally coursing under her mm-hmm. skin eyes white hair blue it's like welcome to the x-men <laughs> my name is charles xavier um avoya plane asked a question a good question i saw somebody else ask why is the conservatory now in kentucky is this the first earth or is this happening on another earth because actually uh Hippolyta says that she was in at earth 504 i yeah. think or something like that yeah. um and she said she was like we, we got to go to the multiversal machine I, I guess it also works as like a time machine too but that that's interesting because the in i believe another episode in the episode i am the conservatory i think is referenced to be in kansas and now it's referenced to oh. be in kentucky so mm-hmm. You think they made a mistake? I mean, yeah, I'm about to say it wasn't the same. What it wasn't the same place both times. Yeah, because I, I guess I didn't realize that they were in two different places. I didn't catch. I didn't catch it either. Well, I read it in a blog. (laughs) Oh, right, far as Kentucky and Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. See, now I have to go back and watch it because if they, if it is in a different place, then that's something that could be representative of a different Earth. It was. she said it was yeah, because I think I did see something where uh, 
D's Atlas had something highlighted in Kansas, and then people were like, why are they in Kentucky? Mm. <laughs> like, why, how do we get over uh, here? Because it was like, that was specific. I don't remember them saying Kentucky. I don't think they said episode. Kentucky. I think it's like, you know how you get that, the, the kind of location, you know. Oh. And I think that okay. said Kentucky, uh, Kansas. And now this one said Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm. Oh. Yeah, maybe it was just a mistake. Yeah, because I don't think there was more than one because they should have been coordinates to get to the observatory, not a observatory. And I'm uh, assuming she just walked back from there, so she knows exactly where she just came from. Well, I don't know if she... We don't know if she walked back from there. She, well, she, 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 well, she ain't flying, my man. Or she, she took a bus and a cab and then walked. Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, she ain't call an Uber. <laughs> Marla Harris says, you're right, Len. I thought it was moving like it was not in a fixed location or something. Well, you know, then Marla said I'm right. So <laughs> oh, hey, Marla. Marla. Internet, then. <laughs> that's oh, enough that's for it. me. Yeah, yeah. Right, as long as the internet says you, so. You know, we can't what, lie on the internet. Actually, the first thing that I caught on this show was that they must film these episodes literally right after we do the safe triple travel guide because the first thing on the show they they reference exactly what we're talking about. Ruby tells them all of y'all just shut the fuck up because y'all all did her wrong, which was exactly yeah, what right. we said last week. Yeah. It was all y'all fault that this happened to her. Everybody was caught up in their own shit and nobody could see her yeah. distress right in front of their eyes. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I told her go in the house. Yeah, you saw she was falling apart and you were too caught up in your own shit. Just I didn't realize. <laughs> one of the, the one of the parts that got me kind of crazy, kind of going back to what Era was saying about like them keeping their secrets and being like the Winchester brothers <laughs> on any episode of Supernatural was when Letty, like when, when Letty's like, I had a reason to, to give her the pages, like when they're in the uh, observatory. Oh, and observe, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Montrose is like, because you're pregnant. I know, because Tick went to the future. And she's like, why didn't he tell me? <laughs> she's like, because he finds out that he dies. Like, okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> Had he told me that he went to the future and dies because of that, I would not have given said pages to the evil lady <laughs> to get safety because we'd be all on the same page. It's still your fault. Because he was like, and that's, you gave her the pages. And she's like, oh my God. Like, no, again, this is on you. I made an informed decision. Had I had more information, I can make a better decision. Yes. Oh my God, it had me all kinds of crazy. But I, so, and, and so the, another thing that I thought was interesting because I definitely thought D was just going to like take ill, but she is literally turning into one of the creatures she saw. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, for me, it's one thing for her to imagine these things, but then to, for her to become one, it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, almost like is the curse that she's going to be almost banished to be like a literal demon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because she's going through this full, um, uh, transformation, transfiguration. Um, so I, I thought that was like an uh, an interesting way for them to present the the final effects of the curse. Because I literally just thought she was going to be, you know, just kind of pale and on death's bed. Her hair was literally starting to <laughs> twist up. It was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, when she's on the couch at the beginning and I saw her hair, I was like, oh my gosh, she's becoming one of them. And then it cut later and she literally was just like, the little girl was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> just right, for joke. real. 
Marla says, listen, secrets have been killing people with good intentions since the beginning of time. Talk to your family. Very true. Um, Serious. And we'll t- definitely talk about family uh, a little bit later on. But real quick, what did you think about, you know, all the secrets coming to light, everybody's secrets coming to light, including Ruby's and her relationship with Christina, so much so that she lets them know that, yo, I can get Christina here to save uh, D, or at least, you know, help D. And Christina right. does come. And Christina actually does tell her later on that, um, you know, say what you want about Christina. You know, when she's asked a direct question by Ruby, she does not hide the truth. She tells her. She doesn't. You know, are, mm-hmm. are, are you yeah. planning to kill Tick? Well, now that you've asked... Yes, yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, I just need his And it's funny because because it. it was definitely like one of those things. She didn't look. She wasn't proud, right? Right. She, but it was like, but she asked me the question, and I'm not proud of the answer. But yes, because he's the final ingredient. And the, and then again, you get from her. It's like that whole how uh, myopic her her view is. It's like she has one goal yeah. and nobody is going to get in her way and 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 basically but she can make you the promise that on my road to ascension I won't run you or your sister over but I'm going you know what I mean and I'm going to be honest about that even though I'm not necessarily proud of that cuz I don't think she has any real malice towards Ruby um Atticus or no well Atticus I don't think I don't think it's um personal I don't think it's uh yeah, I don't think it's personal. I don't okay. think it's malicious in its intent. I think she's just very like, this is what I'm doing and you're a piece of the puzzle. Sorry. Okay. You know? Okay. Um but but I think the fact that she's so um she's very she's on like again, like you said, she's just honest with Ruby. And even when it's like maybe parts of her she's not necessarily proud of, she's like, you know, bearing it all like i again i think their relationship is one of the most interesting because i'm it's so many layers to it and it's confusing it's like i know y'all gotta be confused because i'm confused hey gabe uh leanne of tinsel and time what's up leanne uh asked uh, she says that she didn't like ruby choosing uh christina slash william over tick's life what you what you think about that i um i enjoyed ruby's comments at the beginning where she confronts Letty about like the sides that we're choosing and how she gets pretty honest and and is just like you should be getting in this car with me and like essentially being like you are speaking an abused woman's words like you Mm -hmm. are making excuses for this man who's put you into danger and like has given you all these false promises and continues to lie or keep the truth from you um and you are bending over backwards the same way mama did for these men. Mm-hmm. Like, right? right? And I, I and I felt like I mean, I don't like I don't trust Christina William, but I was also like, damn, you right. <laughs> I was like, she should be getting in the car with you. Like, if anything, the only person who's really able to deliver um and you know has been able to protect the people has like has <laughs> been Christina William, uh, when she does it. I still like like I said, I don't think that, uh, like, I still don't, like, I, I realize that she probably does feel for Ruby to some degree. Um, and I think she just, yeah, I just think she's kind of like a one-trick pony where she just has this one thing that she wants. <laughs> she was talking about Ascension. I was like, anyone who starts saying, like, my Ascension, I'm like, I have to go. Like, this is a 
person I don't want to be associated with. Anyone who wants an ascension of any kind, I'm not here. Uh, you know, but I, I do feel like, like you said, with her being honest, just, you know, with questions, right? That's more than we get with Tick, right? Mm. We can flat out ask Tick, what, hey, what is the deal? What did you experience? What are you feeling? And then you know, get a runaround or an avoidance or um, maybe an alternate truth. <laughs> Whereas with Christina, you get it. What I did find in this episode at the end was I feel like every other character in this show has profound trauma and, like, is at a 10 in regards to, like, where their emotions are at. Like, everyone has been through so much shit. Like, I was half upset to feel things for Montrose, but then I was like, fine, I'll allow myself to feel these things. At first, I was like, you can't make me do this! Uh, but then I did. But I was like, at the end, I was like, okay, but <laughs> Tick has all this, like, pent-up anger. He gets to beat up white folks and, like, be this hero that he heard about growing up. But, like, what has he done? Like, his trauma seems so much more insignificant than everyone else's. Like, Letty has literally died, mm. and his trauma is that he's murdered people of his own accord because he was running away from his dad who abused him. But Montreux also had a dad who abused him, also saw his first love shot in the face and has like struggled with his, his whole entire life dealing with this. Like everyone else has like tremendous trauma. And then Tick is like at a three. <laughs> He's the one who's like, give me all the attention. I cry every episode. And I'm just like, yes. this is not about you. You are no. <laughs> that's again that like that harry potter troop mm -hmm, you know potter like level. he's a mary sue yeah he's just he's a mary sue and the story revolves around him but he at the end of the day is maybe the least interesting right um yeah. and not that you not and not saying i don't like tick but he's not the one that his thing, he's, again, he's just background noise to everybody else. It's like, I always want to know what's going on with this person. What's going on with this person? Oh, yeah, there's Tick. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, wait, so I saw a question from Marla about Lancaster, and I did want to mention that. So when we, when, after Christina promises or, or uh, re not reverses, but I guess resets the curse, so basically, she's not so far along in the process to give them more time to save her. Um, the whole thing is the reason she can't remove it is because Lancaster sealed it with his body so only he can remove it. But then she turns into William and goes to see Lancaster. And Lan it's interesting because Lancaster knows who it is. It's like, you were dead. And then he's like, Christina. Mm -hmm. But, you know, why does... Why does Christina let him die? And, and also, I wasn't sure if the reason that the healing wasn't working was because of that, uh, that, uh, the whatever that artifact was that, yeah, the yeah. runestone that, yeah. uh, Ruby or Christina asked Ruby to plant in his office. I mean, clearly, I felt like they were connected, and she's so she's clearly, she has been untruthful to all of them in that case. Um, because we're just talking about her honesty because she did not tell him them that he was still alive. Well, I mean, she first of all, the, the rune stone, from what I understand, it, it, it was what was messing them up because it, it made the spell that they were casting. It was like restorative. Yeah, like, like it made that spell not work, right? And she knew that, you know, when they said like, oh, he's dead, she, she knew, oh, 
they don't know that they're probably trying to restore him to life, but they won't be able to. So she knew to go there, you know, mm-hmm. and like kind of like just, you know, taunt him a little bit. You know, I came to get, I came to get what was mine, you know. And so that way you knew it was me. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. So uh, uh, that's that that Tyrell special. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That House of Tyrell special. I just wanted you to know it was me. <laughs> it was me. I'm going to die, yeah. but before I go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, uh, I think that's what that was all about. Um, I don't think Lancaster would have done it, regardless of him dying. Like, she wouldn't have stopped. She wouldn't have let him live. Yeah. And asking him to reverse the like she Like, she knows he wouldn't do it. And but I guess also, I, I guess she, my... he can't know that she's involved with him. But why not? He's about to be dead. Yeah, but there's other people there. And they're part of all kinds of society. Yeah, you don't. And I don't think he would have gave it to her. And you don't want to let them. Yeah, know okay, I get... all the rest of the, the yeah, people. Yeah, you don't tip your you hand. Know. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Lie. I didn't think of it from that perspective. Right. And plus, killing him was part but of. But I'm revenge. thinking, but she couldn't. She couldn't like, you know, get a vial of blood and do a little something. I guess I'm thinking like, does it mean it's sealed with his body? So is it only that he can take it off or his body is needed to remove it? So maybe she could have done it with his blood or something. Well, she says like when she explains to Tick, she says it's like you need intention, the body, like that's the sacrifice. Like, so he would need to like be fully within his like capacity to be like, I am I'm releasing to, this young girl right. that I have, you know, unleashed this hell on. Like there was no way he was ever going to do that. Right. He knows he's, he's dead. Christina's never going to let him out. She, he knows like that she's ruthless in that way. She would, he would never help. And what is like, what is that little black girl to him? Like he'd be like, so right. he said she's yeah. already dead. Yeah. Think of it like a biometric. Only he can unlock it. Like the door where what's his name lost his arm. Yeah, with the hand. Oh, mm-hmm. the hand. Rod. Um, I don't. I don't fault. Not Ruby. Horatio Hiram. I don't fault Ruby for being team my family, not Tick. Um, that it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Like as long as me and my sister are good, she can find another man. She'll be all right. So yeah, I don't think she's like anything you know outside of her wheelhouse or lane by saying as long as my sister's cool and me, I'm cool, we'll be fine. Um, yeah, like, she shouldn't be worried about her baby dad. Her sister's baby dad. Like, I think that'd be the, the last person <laughs> she'd be worried about. And he is the cause of all this. And he is, like, the least useful person. So, just, you know, <laughs> well, just good. to be fair. He is. He is good to fight. And and I don't say, I, and I it's not that I don't like Tick, but he's a little slow on the uptake. I knew, like, halfway through the conversation, he's going to be the guy. Like, I knew he was about to be the bull. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't Mm-hmm. Lost on that. But then again, standing there between the two of them, why wasn't Montrose thinking like, hey, I can be the guy? Like, did he not, he can't swing a bat like Tick can? No, he was too no. Yeah, and, and I think I liked, I liked that it was Tick. <laughs> they were always going to be, they were always there. They were always going to be there. It was always going to be Tick that said, you right. know what I mean? So it's like this beautiful like cycle. Mm-hmm that they're in and I like again I like that it's this relationship where it has been this abusive you know father-son relationship and I don't know and just and and just tick but tick still being the one to give 
that younger Montrose, that younger Montrose that hadn't had all of the like love and and um I don't, I, like softness, because he uses that word, hadn't had all the like softness just beat out of him yet. And he got to to kind of save, you know, save that his childhood, uh, his father in his childhood, even though his father made, you know, his a living hell, really. But then I think that's like a really beautiful moment for their like reconciliation and rebuilding to begin. It was just it was just something special. And it calls back to Tick's dream in the beginning where he sees uh, uh, Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. swinging the bat and, 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 and killing the monsters. And, and in that scene, Jackie had like Cthulhu guts all over him. And at the end of the bat scene, like Tick is spattered with blood. And then that the I got you kid. Like it was just real. I, I, like I love that callback and also shows that, you know, that opening scene wasn't just like a fever dream. It was giving us hints into where we where we are going to go and giving Tick a hint to who he's going to be. Right. In, in, in that particular timeline. Right. But as it, it, beautiful as that was. And I, and I, I agree. It, it, it was it was beautiful and cool. And I'm, I'm like you. Uh, e, I saw it like, uh, you know, coming around the corner, coming down the alley. I saw that, you know, Tick was going to be the dude. Um, straight up to them kicking this baseball bat that just happens to be laying there in the alley. Like, you know, no, 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 no. Ma- no, Montrose had it. Oh, that's when right. Remember, he picked it up. So, so it wasn't just there, Len. You're absolutely so right. Again, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. But as beautiful as that was, the beautiful part to me was Montrose having to, you know, relive this whole day and think of the the layers of trauma that he is going through in returning to this day because he's yeah, going to crazy. this day. It's the Tulsa, you know, it's the Tulsa massacre. So there, there's that. It's a day, you know, probably the. Um, you know, this wasn't his father's first time beating him, um, but, you know, uh, this is probably the most traumatic because it's the one we've heard repeatedly in his head th- throughout the series. Um, and you also know how, why he has a, another reason why he's got a little bit of a uh, a mean on for his son outside of all the other things he's going to, going through because his son has a incredible resemblance to his father but um uh mm. so he's going through that he's going and then he has to also go through breaking up with this boy who he obviously has sincere feelings with and not only does he have to break up with him but this is the beginning of his total denial of who he is and the walk that he is going to have to walk the rest of the way only just so that he can have himself uh, a son. I thought it was incredible acting by uh, Michael K. Williams, who we just know is just a a beast anyway. Um, I thought it was incredibly poignant. I thought it was, you know, masterful the way that they slowly turned you from looking at Montrose as kind of like almost the villain of the piece of a sort into you really, at least I did, have sincere, true empathy for him and understanding of exactly who he is, who he has grown to. 
and why he has made the decisions and living the life that he has. I thought that was incredible writing and just just beautiful. Yeah, and I really think they emphasized it by like having everybody else disregard his feelings for the entire day. Like nobody gave a second word about, hey, are you cool coming back to the worst day of your life ever? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like nobody had that thought. Nobody had that inclination. Nobody asked him. Like he was just sitting there just getting drunk. Like nobody saw him like trying to cope. And they thought he was trying to go back and warn his brother about getting shot or whatever. And you find out the whole thing about his first uh, friend or whatever. And and I and it did give you a, a couple more layers to him, but I think it made his trauma that much more you know recognizable, being that nobody else saw it. Yeah, Marla Harris right. says the first time I watched, I questioned if Montrose lied and technically made that moment shift from lore to truth by ensuring Tick and the Bat would be there. Yes. Uh, Montrose walked through the portal to hell and lives to tell about it, but at what cost? Letty and Tick all green and him going back to a time he's been drinking to forget uh, MKW killed this. Amen. And, and yeah. I, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and speaking of uh, things you're trying to forget, Letty, like, the memory she just made of this night, like, I'm not, like, yo, to sit there and, and stay in the house and hold hands like, yo, I don't know if I'm built like that. Like, that takes yeah. a lot. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that, like, that scene kind of, like, because that's what we see right before, and then we're dealing with, with Tick, when, that's what I was just like, everyone really has, like, real hardcore trauma. And then Tick is over here just, like, living his hero dreams, hitting, <laughs> hitting white people. And I was just like, I, like, everyone else is so raw and emotional and like like my stomach was turning and and like it it kind of reminded me I saw a post a while back where it was like you know every boyfriend in the horror movie like I know you're like mom just died but could you like get over it (laughs) you know like those kinds of things like that's how I felt when he stops and is like oh you're drinking again like blah blah it's like yeah he's drinking again his whole entire family is dead today Mm -hmm. and he has to go see them like even before we know that he, he loses his first love. We know that his family is dead and that people died here and that it was horrific. It's literally dubbed a massacre. Um, and that you know that that's a core of, of his trauma and to just, like, be like, get over it. What are you doing? Like, Letty's the only one who's like, what the... Like, why don't you fucking understand that people hurt? Well, I think... I mean, but I think part of the reason he can't fully understand that is because he never really had that, or at least he didn't have that with Montrose. You know what I mean? So if you're dealing with somebody who's always expected this and that from you, you don't understand where the, when they can't follow their own, you know, instruction almost, you know? Right. So, I mean, I, I, I get it, but I could see why for Tick that's just hard to swallow, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because, you, you know, as he said several times, it's like, you've been beating my ass all this time for this thing. Meanwhile, you're, you know, you're, you're this per this, this other person. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you're, and you're beating my ass because you're upset with who you are. Um, so I think, I think I, I, I get where, where tick would be like, get yourself together. Cause you know, we're not doing this today. I I could, I could see that in that particular relate, you know, with the dynamics of that relationship. Um, it seems like he's, he's, he's missing the, he's missing the boat a little bit. Because even for my part, I didn't realize that he had survived 
Tulsa as well. I, they mm-hmm. always mention Tick's mom having lost her family in the riots or the massacre. Um, I just assumed he met her after the fact. I didn't assume they survived it together. And then mm. all that started clicking for me this episode, too. I was like, oh, shit, he was there. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think I didn't necessarily know that they survived, like, hand in hand together. But remember when he burns those pages that he they, they like got Tulsa. from Yaima? He said it smells like Tulsa um, in a way that made it, you know, like he was there. He, you know, knew yeah. what that experience was like. So I always thought he was a survivor, but not necessarily that he, sur- you know, was actually with Dora when when they survived. But doesn't he mention Dora when they talk about the white folks hitting them and how the hero came out of nowhere? Originally, I, I thought it was just him and his brother. To I, but tonight, I, well, this time I heard them mention Dora in the story. The first time I just heard him talking about him and his brother being there. And that, and they didn't mention it being the night of the massacre either. I just thought it was like a random night of racial violence. Yeah. Because in America... Right, pick a night. That's a, yeah, it's like any time. Yeah, well, it's I, I, pick a day. I thought Whatever. you said it was Tulsa. Uh, but yeah, I... Okay. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Gabe. Uh, no, I was just going to say I think that this is the, the one episode that has, you know, moved me over to kind of understanding mantras. I still don't fully, like, forgive him for his <laughs> past acts because he's not exempt. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I really felt for him and I really felt for, for Letty. And uh, her coming through the fire was like, like walking through and, and they're dropping the, the bombs and she's just like walking pace. Like half of me was like, yeah. The other half was like, could you please go faster? You have sneakers on. Like, um, I, uh, I think it's not looking well. There was, yeah, please help. I read a, uh, a review. It's basically like a recap review of the episode on the AV Club. Um, the blogger Joelle Monique is reviewing Lovecraft Country over there. And she wrote um, about that scene with Letty and Hannah. And Hannah turning over you know, the book to her mm-hmm. and then them holding hands as they're, bur- as they're burning. As you hear, um, I think it's uh, Catch the Fire by Sonia Sanchez is the poem that's yes. being read. Uh, and Joelle wrote this. I thought it was uh, very touching and, and well, well done. She said, the, the love and passion and knowledge passes like fire from one mother to the next. As white men cackle while the life built for them burns around them, Letty continues to hold Hannah's hand even as she burns and screams in agony. The past is never dead, and we cannot outrun the tragedy inflicted upon our ancestors. But we can become less vulnerable to the attacks, and we can honor those who survived long enough so that we might exist. We are tribute to the lives they might have led were they truly free. And I think that that resonated and was like the definition of the line that Hannah, um, who's played by Regina Taylor, give her props for her role in the, in the, in the episode, says mm-hmm. that, um, you, know, you know, my great-great-grandson will be my faith made flesh. I thought that was just yes. so fucking powerful of a line and of a moment um, 
fuck, man. I mean, uh, how, how 2814 uh, put it best. He said, this episode had me so messed up, I had to go watch Archer afterwards to get out of my funk. It was a great episode, um, though there was some real deep shit. And uh, George Camona says, I never condone putting hands on a woman, but when Tick popped that white woman, that's a pass. <laughs> that I was said, a pass. Like, I the said same thing. <laughs> I saw it. I, well, and you know what's funny, though? Because he still shows restraint. So Because once she's on the ground, he goes to like hit her one more time, and he doesn't. Yeah. She so runs like, away. Even, you know, and then that's why she's able to get up and run away because he he did not like. I guess yeah, he two piece her. Force. He, like, yeah, right. She was she was down, and he was like, "All right, I'm gonna move on and beat this other guy's head in." But yeah, and it's like here's my thing is like white lady I hope you know he used restraint and so you need to fix your ways because you deserved everything you got and yet he still didn't give you everything you deserve mm -hmm. so I better not hear the, the n-word come out your mouth not near another time okay mm -hmm. go sit down and <laughs> I, it, like this um the um the like the okay so the the fire scene well first of all I really did like Candace's character I liked how from the door she was suspicious mm -hmm. like she's clearly the one who's guarding the book because she said I knew something off of you because I ain't never seen shoes like that and and there's never a moment where she feels like she's really welcoming to Letty until the mm -hmm. end because even when she's like oh honey you know what's your name honey it's all you can tell it's like um artifice mm -hmm. you know to to an artifice to, to maybe try to figure out what she's actually doing here. But yeah, just like their conversation. And again, I like that Letty, of course you're not going to tell people what's going to happen because you can't risk change in the future. But when it became clear, it's like, this is the end and I'm going to be honest with her. I'm going to do the thing that we've been failing to do this whole time. And she was like, I'm from the future. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and I, and I love that Hannah was quick with it. And she was like, this is all I was ever told about the book. It's bound. Don't open it. And then again, she says the, the piece about, you know, I'm, I'm giving you this out of faith and that baby will be my faith term flesh. I was, I was like that, it, that really did like hit me. I cried so much this episode and just like with the, the, just the, the destruction of, of Tulsa, because mm. mm. um, even like so, when you see it, when you think about Tulsa, you think about the riots and and the violence and, and it just happening. But I di I thought this episode did a very nice job of showing Pretty how planned. it was slowly ramping was up, like. It, but but even just kind of like nobody knows what's going on. Like you think about like when when nine eleven happened. And we're thinking, everybody's like, what's going on? Like, you know, you're trying to get the details. Like, that can't be right. And so it's just like all these small things. Oh, the man, the, the dance is canceled. Those crackers ruin everything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, almost like this, this like uh, monster just kind of creeping slowly, working its way through the community where the people don't even really understand what's happening. Um, and just to kind of see it see it kind of ramp up in the confusion there and, and, and what that must feel like because you don't even know what's going on. I also appreciate how everybody had a gun. There were multiple guns. Mm -hmm. All the women had It's like, everybody, like, get your gun. I, I did love that, that, it again, it wasn't just this thing of us running and screaming. We stood our ground. We, we guarded our homes. You know, we shot back. You know what I mean? Again, um, just... Oh, it's just it's it's so much and it, it was very just overwhelming watching it because I, I, I really did was kind of just up in a ball crying because it's like like that's all you can do because this is not just oh a fictional tragedy it's like no this was this was and real what, what, what um, makes it all the more 
um, just heartaching is that in almost every other incident of riot and destruction of that sort, there is an inciting incident. And it's usually an, uh, an inciting incident of some type of um, either violence or um, um, injustice. Oh, you mean riots in the 21st century? Back before well, you did it just for hating people. Okay. <laughs> for reasons. Dude, exactly. You know what I mean? Because the reason this happens is because these people built Jealous. a life for themselves. Yep. Built an independent yep. life for themselves. That's all they did. That is they the had the nerve to do well without us. Exactly. Without fucking yeah. their and, audacity. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that like kind of during the Great Depression, but Tulsa was doing well and it was like so or right before. I feel like white. It's just before. Or, but, but just before. So like white communities were really struggling and then you have this thriving black community. And again, that just white entitlement. How dare you do well when I'm not because I'm first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like and I feel like that's always the thing. It's like I'll let you have a little bit as long as I have more. But the second I feel like what I have is at risk. I'm coming for yours because it should have been mine anyway. You know, and even just like those white hands reaching in, stealing that jewelry. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and you know, today if that happened, it'd be some newscaster talking about maybe he works there. Right. Like that. Right. Like he just that forgot his video. Yeah, the, he's saving the, it. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing that I, I thought was, well, um, just kind of beautiful when, when Montrose... Um, says the names of real victims, real people who lost their lives in Tulsa in an episode where they went back for the book of names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, Montrose is giving us, you know, the names of this tragedy. I thought that was like a, also um, just a really thoughtful and like uh, a, a beautiful way to honor, you know, real, real victims that it's not just this, you know, broad exactly brush of like a tragedy happened. It's like no, these these are the people. Yeah, um, and everyone had a here's story. Here's what they mm -hmm. everybody had a story. This is what they accomplished. This is who they were, and they were you know taken out in this way. You yeah. know, it just makes yeah, it, all it ripped it real. back to reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the like having Emmett till last episode and having this and like just kind of reminding you that yeah, there's fantastical elements. Yeah, there's monsters and magic, but that the real horrors and what we're seeing is real life and that this like, you know, this is taking place on earth, whatever the number is, which is adjacent to the earth we're in. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, Marla Harris says, oh, uh, I lost, I lost my train of thought. That's fine. These, these riots happen all around the country. Then for the tipping point of the rise being the alleged assault of a white woman by a black man, it was just a mess of grief. Uh, and Pat says naming ancestors is always powerful and always necessary. Amen. All right, yeah. what next? <laughs> I'm waiting for next episode or next season. Not yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I that's, is, that's is, a conversation to have because, you know, with this concluding, they've pretty much exhausted the book. Um, we've kind of hit every every storyline, uh, you know, in some way, shape or form. So depend. I just I don't see I don't know how this can wrap up in one episode, but I guess it maybe it will. 
or will they do a Watchmen thing where we are, we're only going to get this one season, seasons to come? Well, you, like, you, I, you and Gabe have read the book. So are you saying that, of course, we've got one more episode this season. So are you saying that for the most part, you know, of course, you know, they're going to leave some little bits out and they did. We know that they right. made some changes for the most part. This what we've seen is the story of the book. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, again, so some stories they told differently right. or um, even even uh, like because they don't do the, the George Montrose story that's in the book um, mm-hmm. with yeah, their with their the winter with the great grandmothers. Say it again. The the was it the Winthrop son the one who had the interracial family? Didn't yes, they didn't one? do that. And I guess the the thing with George and Montrose that's what leads them to go to the museum mm-hmm. when they find mm-hmm. the tunnel that go to go that goes from New England to back to Chicago or whatever. Um, and but they you know again they took this big aspect of it out because it was it was the brother story. And again, mm-hmm. like you said, we we don't get the. The ghost family that's like, which I thought, I really liked that, that story. That was my favorite books. story, yeah. We're also not getting like the lodges because there's like that big culmination of the lodges. And so we get to see all the different like members oh, yeah. together. And there's like, and that was where Ruby was necessary. I did like the call to the book in this episode where Ruby says, when I envisioned myself as a white woman, I was a redhead because she is yes. in the book. Oh. And I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the book, um, after she becomes a white woman and, and the first time she kind of owns it, she gets her hair cut like Amelia Earhart, but mm, she has red hair. Like mm. that's, they talk about the red hair a lot. So I, th- I thought that was interesting because they didn't do that here. But then, you know, I thought that was really cool for her to make that little quip. But also it looked like she was taking Dell off of whatever sustained her, meaning she didn't want the potion anymore. No, see, I didn't, um, yeah, see, I didn't see it like that. I saw her, she didn't want the potion anymore to turn into Dell. I thought her saying, when I see she myself... She wants a redhead? She wants, she like, no, we got to make a redhead for me because that if I'm going to be white, mm. that's how I see myself. Really? I, th- I thought, just thought... I mean, I guess because obviously there is a benefit to being white, especially if you're trying to... Uh, do some subterfuge or whatever, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like Ruby's almost like the secret agent because everything she does is kind of undercover. She's in her disguise and all that. But I don't know, She the way she talks about it, it just seems like she doesn't even really want to be in that skin. So I mm-hmm. just thought she was she was turning it off saying, I don't need this anymore. But if I, you know, but just so you know, I always envision myself as a redhead, not that she is like, let's go get some... <laughs> You know, let's go be a somebody head. else. I can't see, I can't see her doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like go, yeah, go and capacitate someone. I don't know. Maybe I, I see her. I see her. I didn't see it that if way, her and Christina continue. I could, I see her, and maybe, maybe you don't agree with this turn for her or, or not, but I can see her maybe starting to weaponize the ability to turn into a white woman, um, to, for, to meet. For her own, you know, the same way that but, but, Christina is weaponizing William. But weaponizing it against whom? Like against white people, or like what? Do you, like what do you think her end game would be? Yes. <laughs> okay. That. I this episode made me really love. Like I've already really loved Ruby, but I was like. I really like this Ruby so much more than the book Ruby. Not to say that I didn't like book Ruby, but this one, has, like, she has just so much more 
to her that I empathize with and I felt strongly for and it was just like reading like she just seems like an entirely different character because also in the book when she she kind of continues to be that that redheaded white woman and continues to use it and it almost feels like it's just a part of her now like she she never really is like I'm done with this. I'm strong as myself, and so yeah, I really... she goes and applies for a job. She's like, I'm going to be an yeah. airline uh, airline stewardess. Like yeah. in the book, that she's like using that to to uh, further her career. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I really like it. One thing about this episode, though, and because we only have one episode left, I'm like, so why <laughs> did we have Gia? Why did Gia exist? Like, but like she had nothing to give us. She, she, she said, you're going to die. Yeah. Okay. I know that. (laughs) Like I deduced from all of this situation. Why did you come all the way over here to say that and go through all this stuff? Like, I hope she does. But there was, I was like, we had a whole episode about her and her life, which I mean, Again, love any time I spend in Korea cinematically, but it's <laughs> like, why are we here? <laughs> like, I mean, why it could be a thing. Important? I mean, that, that is a a big thing to make her come back. But I think, like, did she come back expecting him to be single? So you know, he comes back. She comes back. He's living obviously with his girlfriend. She doesn't know about the pregnancy, I don't think. But it's very clear he's in something serious with someone else. So it's like I came back because I. Right, you got all the help you need, brother. I'm gonna be on my merry nine tail way. <laughs> yeah, that I just, just thought it was yeah, bad. but why write her? <laughs> why write her? Uh, Donovan um, Gregory yeah. says he's not even sure how Jiha even found Letty's house. Right. The return address. Mm. I mean, Tick was uh, fucking Marla up. Marla says, thank you, Gabe. I felt that her presence spoke to who Tick was. He was a different lover with Jiha versus Letty. Yeah, oh, he was like soft. He was definitely soft. With oh, because he was Gia. brand new. He didn't know what he was doing yet. Letty. He had to, you know, get he still his mojo worked out. <laughs> he, he had to learn what a stroke was first. Yeah, Jiha had to break <laughs> him in. He was still fresh. Oh, no. He Did he, he he's doing. still breaking in. Because she was 99 ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he was like, pro. like, let me let me show you what this is exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, he ain't know no better. He, he was a rookie. He was just a babe. He was a young pup. Press what I think they should have did was have, if Gia showed up and had the same hairstyle and like look that she had in that episode, it would have been really funny because she kind of just looks like a Korean lady. And so <laughs> I think it would be funny for them to like look at each other and like, Chick. <laughs> Hold on. It's like you have a type. You have a type star. <laughs> Short hair, the same full lips. Like they were, I was like, oh my God, they look the same. Uh, <laughs> he's got a type. Um, but I am, ex- I, I would like to see her, like, because maybe she uses her magic to save him. And that's nice well, because then it's that- like not even American magic. And that's fun. But I don't even know if she has her magic because she says she slept with a hundred men and that's the number she needed to not be a, com- uh, Camijo anymore. She was at 99. Right? Camijo. Yeah. No, yeah. Camijo. But no, he, no, Dick was 100. No, she says 100. I think she when, when she comes back. So she didn't offer up. Yeah, no, no, no. But, but I thought there, I th- assumed there was somebody after tech so that she had actually, taken a hundred like taken a hundred men she i think because i think she says she killed a hundred men which means they were somebody after tick and now she's not mystical 
Um, Because I see George Kimona said, if it's warded by magic, how does she get in? I was like, I don't think she's magical anymore. I think she fulfilled the requirement. Oh, so then she was trying to find take for her happily ever after. That's even sadder. Yeah. And then you show up right. and then it's like, then oh, Then you show up like, hey, baby, like, oh, I can help. I'm going to make sure you live. And you're like, come on, man, get the fuck out of here. What you doing, Gia? I ain't never like you. That was some bullshit. You would come out here talking that shit in front of my baby mom. Just, what the fuck, man? Blow my spot up. Ain't nobody asked you to come here with that shit. Like, yeah, that, that's fucked and up. That's yeah, sad. yeah, he sent her packing and she had all nine of her tails tucked between right. her legs. Right. No, I did. I came from you. <laughs> I just wanted to come and like, be here It's with like you. I came all the way from Korea And you been telling me my feelings ain't like, real. <laughs> Right? You know how long it took me? I've been walking all over the north side and the south side. I done went door to door through all of Chicago to find your ass and you don't give a fuck. Ain't this a bitch? I know. It's like you got me looking real thirsty right now because you know I came from Korea, right? You know I came <laughs> right? from Korea, You think right? I do this for anybody? And I, and I, and you got some, I ain't do this for 99. you got some other bitch hands from the door? Who shit? And this yeah, what, this what those calls late at night? This what you got for 2 me. 2 a.m. <laughs> I'll meet you and not expecting me to show up. My mama <laughs> told me not to mess with... Mm, 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 and I choose you. I choose you. I'm a non-tails, and I choose you, Tick. Ain't this a motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> so, yes. So, she came all that way for nothing. That's fucked up. You know how much plane That's tickets sad. was in 1950? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you act like this show was a short ride. Like, this show was just a quick Uber. No. Like, this show from Kansas to Kentucky real quick. It's not. It is not. And this war just happened. It is not a war. They they still racist to me. Mm. I'm trying to tell you. Um, Marla Harris has a question for us before we get out of here. Um, I saw a theory that Diana could be Beyonce, uh, Beyonce, excuse me, from the I Am episode due to the curse not being broken her arm and her fro once she came to from the reversal thoughts nah i don't see it yeah because they would have to like send her through the portal at some point and she would yeah, have to end true. up in that many, one many place later. that Hippolyta went to or earth 504 if it was the same one because i thought you went to many several i think it'd be great is if there is a second season it's just hippolyta blue and d doing the travel guide, end up discovering some other stuff. They could be the heroes. We could pop in every now and again, see the baby with <laughs> Letty and Ruby, see what she's doing. But yeah, I think like Hippolyta Blue on the road with Dee, that'd be great. I think season I two would be great if we can get Tick acting in a capacity as more than just a comfort animal. Like, don't just stand there and root on your aunt. Don't just stand there and let your dad and your girl figure out the puzzles. Don't just stand there, open the door, and hold it for him. Like, you got to do more, bro. You got to do more, be more. You could do better. Be better. That's what I think makes season two great. He's too busy crying. You got to do something. More than well, swing a bat. Actually- He's doing something. He's wearing t-shirts real well. I would actually like to see he is a, wearing shirts really well. a season two where it is Ruby embracing this turn that she seems to have made Maybe with or without Christina, because for some reason I don't see Christina getting out of the next episode. Um, and then <laughs> season two being the uh, battle between Letty and Ruby all season long. So what? But what battle? I, I, because, well, because then Ruby's like at the head of the magic, and Letty's like, "Don't do magic." Yeah, yeah. 
But how you got the book of names and then you gonna be the one talking about don't do magic? Like you got the book. Like you might want to do something with it because they're gonna come for it. I don't know. I I saw a post that was great about how like this family of women have had this book and have not opened it all this time. Like all this restraint and like Tick can't have magic for like all five seconds before he messes (laughs) stuff up. (laughs) He's like, let me undo every single thing that this entire generations of people have tried to ensure my safety for. No, that's fine. It'll be all right. Let's see how this works out. Donovan McGregory says season two is a season where Tick doesn't cry for one episode. It dawned on me. Yeah, because he's not in it. (laughs) Episodes that haven't even been about Tick have found a way to have him in there. And he cries. He has cried in every single episode of of this series. Did he cry tonight? I remember I saw yes. the list. He cried right? like in the he first cried, like five he seconds. He cried twice. He cried like he immediately. Cried. See, that's his trauma. That's <laughs> his trauma. Like his, he's traumatized. That's why he got all them tears. So Tick is legit traumatized as well. Tick, Tick is like is like Ariel and I when you know no matter what the emotion is, tears are coming out. Like it's like we can't help. You know, it's like I'm mad at you, but I'm crying, and you don't look at these. I'm angry. Like <laughs> my face is betraying me, but I have feelings. I it's like my fist is connected with your face, but I'm crying because I'm just upset. <laughs> my face is awful. It's, it's lying to you. Yeah, he cried within five hand. seconds. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I am in pain. All right, anything else before we get out of here, Tribbles? No, not for me. I think I'm, I got all my, got, got all my stuff out. I, I'm good. I just, I just need to let yeah, learn how to run with, the, run with the, don't run with the slow box. Let's, let's hurry that up well, real you know quick. What? Can we two-step this out? I know you protect it, yeah. but can we ask with a little bit of urgency for Macho's hyperventilating? Well, yeah. I, I mean, and I, I was thinking that plays as well if she's running. You know what I mean? I feel like with the, you know, because the, at that point, the backdrop is the, the poem. It's like this really powerful poem. You know, she stood with... Uh, you know, Tick's ancestors, you know, as she died, and then to have her, like, gunning it through the street, I don't know. It, it, it is more powerful having her walk, but I do think the, the issue is that, realistically, you should have been walking fast because, like, we were in a hurry. But I, um, <laughs> Oh, no, before we... Okay. I was just going to say real quick, uh, I think that the scene still could have played with her running because you could have had her running in slow, slow motion. motion, which would have been a callback to uh, um oh yeah running out with the fire running out with the book oh yeah i was like you're invincible but time isn't (laughs) yeah like you need to go like you're not invincible the time it's still going (laughs) that scene the opera that Mm. apparently they they wrote that um turning senior uh sonia sanchez's poem into like this operatic uh, piece mm-hmm. and that was like written by the composers of Lovecraft and it was beautiful and like haunting and but powerful. I, I was like, that's I'm I'm gonna need the uh, soundtrack right to right. yeah. This show. It was an episode that ended on that instead of Cinnamon. I like noticed. I was like, oh, we didn't get Cinnamon this time. I was like, <laughs> getting ready for bed, singing it to myself. Like I didn't get it this time. <laughs> cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, thank you, each and every one of you who are are watching us on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate all of your comments, um, those that you made towards us and the conversation that you have amongst yourselves, because, you know, 
believe it or not, while we're in here, you know, uh, yapping our heads off, we are reading the comments. We're having just as much fun as you watching all of your comments. Uh, and if you like everything that we do, you can check out uh, this triple right here. The ghoul next door to you. You can check her out on her podcast, The Ghouls Next Door, available everywhere that you find podcasts and on YouTube. They've got a YouTube channel, Her and Cat, where they they mm-hmm. dissect horror like nobody's business. It's a great show. Great show. You do good work Ooh. there, Gabe. Thanks. And you can check out this triple right here. Arielle Johnson, she is the superstar behind Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. It's right here in the city of brotherly love. The only comic book shop on the East Coast owned and operated by a woman and quite a woman she is. Go to Amalgam. Black woman, Len. Black woman. By a black woman. (laughs) A black woman is the woman. So damn it is the woman. Uh, Amalgamphilly.com. Check it out. Because if you're not in the not nearby, you can always go and support by going to the website. And you can check out everything that the Black Tribbles do by going to blacktribbles.com, where you can check out our, our, our shows, all of our shows, our regular Thursday show. You can find links to our YouTube channel as well. If you have any thoughts and concerns, you can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com and follow, like, and uh, support us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Black Tribbles. All right. Uh, check it out. Our show airs every Thursday at 9 p.m. You can check it out. And we will return here next week here on YouTube, here on Facebook for the finale to Lovecraft Country. And we will have very special guests, Elizabeth Wellington of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Vincent Williams, my partner on the Michaud Mission. Both of them will be joining us for our, our supersize finale review. So we hope that you can join us and take in the festivities. All right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, for the horror triple, right there, for the, uh, the uncanny triple, right there, and for the master triple, who's right there, this is the Bat Tribble in parting. <laughs> in parting, as always, we say, Catch the fire. Some man, where you gonna run to?